Delana Studi. Yes. From Portland Center Stage. The production is called Astoria. So let's start with how you got involved in this particular play. Serendipity. That's how I got involved. <laughs> so uh, Portland Center Stage commissioned uh, a Cherokee playwright by the name of Mary Catherine Nagel. And whenever, whenever they started doing the workshop for Astoria Part One, they had asked Mary Catherine if she knew any Native actors. And I had just finished doing a stage reading of her play in, um, in Washington, D.C. So she recommended me, and then I put myself on tape, and that's how I got here. Using your fancy audition. My audition uh, techniques, yes. Your audition <laughs> techniques. That's awesome. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, let's talk a little bit about the, the play and what's going on in our country today. Oh, my heavens. Um, oh, goodness. Okay, so the play is a story of part one. There will be a part two. I'm anxious to see how that turns out. I've read the book, so I know what happens. But in a story of part one, it's about John Jacob Astor, this multimillionaire who wants to set up an emporium on the Pacific Northwest because if he can do that, he can control um, all the trade routes in that area because this is an untapped part of the country at that time. And so he set about doing that two ways. He had an overland expedition and he had one by sea. Um, I'm part of the overland expedition and the character I play is Marie Dorian. She was the only woman to go on the expedition. And she was half Iowa and half French. And she went on the expedition with two toddlers and then also was pregnant along the way. So she did everything the men did. She just did it while pregnant and taking care of babies, <laughs> which is quite amazing. And not to ruin it for you people, I always um, joke that one of the hashtags for a story of part one is who will survive? And Marie survives. And that's something spectacular. It's, um, it seems like a very timely piece right now where our country is because there is a war against Native American people as we speak. Um, I always point out that when Astoria took place, which is 1810 to 1812, American Indians weren't considered humans. In fact, we didn't become humans until um, May 12th of 1879 in Standing Bear versus Crooks. A court case actually said that we were human beings. And so right now for us, for the Native Americans, our sovereignty is under attack. Um, I don't know if you're aware of what's going on with the Dakota Access Pipeline, but uh, we're constantly living in fear of what could happen. It's escalating every day. And um, my big concern is it might become another wounded knee. And we don't really need that right now. But once again, it's, it's uh, this whole idea of westward expansion and taking and taking and taking and one of my lines in the play is I'm talking about how the English are different from the French and how the English they don't want to learn they want to tell and they want to take and then I go on to say that they don't want to share and that's what we're I feel like for us for the native people right now in this time it's a very scary time for us but it's also a time for us to um to be like a phoenix and rise from the ashes and keep going and keep fighting. Uh, one of my favorite proverbs about Native people is that a nation isn't broken until the hearts of the women are on the ground and our hearts are not on the ground. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things I've been working on while I'm here. And I'm very fortunate that the people I'm working with on the stage are also very aware and they're very supportive as well. So whenever we get new news, um, they come to me and they're like, I heard, are you okay? I don't know if you know about Leonard Peltier. I'm good friends with his daughter. 
and we were hoping that he would get clemency and of course he didn't and so that was a big heartbreak and once again the cast rallied around us so um and it's really fascinating you know i'm the only woman i'm also one of the only few natives on this piece and to have you know this is something that marie dorian didn't have when she was on the expedition but to have these men come to me and and to make sure i'm lifted up and to make sure i'm taken care of is quite wonderful but we're all in this together <laughs> talk a little bit more about that i mean the pipeline has obviously been a, a big deal um here in the Northwest and the change of administrations. I mean, it really mm -hmm. has been for people interested in that issue, which I think is pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. It's been a real roller coaster ride. You know, Obama did his thing and that was great and everybody was celebrating. And then there's the guy who's president now. I can't remember his name. Somebody was telling <laughs> me just not to use his name, which is why I'm saying this right now. Yes. Um, you Number know, that's 45. Huh? Yeah, 45. <laughs> yeah. But so it's now back on track. It's back on track. And um, we've been trying to protect the water protectors. We've been trying to ask the law enforcement to not be so brutal in the way that they deal with the water protectors. And that's been denied. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have severe guilt issues because I'm, you know, I'm lucky that I'm an actor and I get to be here on the stage telling a very important piece of our history that no one knows about. And at the same time, I'm not on the front lines. And so um, I do have a bit of, you know, guilt around that. And I, you know, so I do as much as I can to support them. Sometimes it's just monetarily, I'll send money every month, but um, just not being able to be there with them and to go through what they're going through has been hard for me. But at the same time, you know, yesterday, for example, we had 500 students in the audience who got to see this play and got to learn uh, a little bit about the history of Astoria, which no one knows about. Everyone knows about uh, Lewis and Clark, but no one knows about Marie Dorian. And no one knows about, you know, William Price Hunt, or Wilson Price Hunt. And so to be able to have that story shared and also that part of history and one of the things I'm probably most proud about with this production is that Mary Mack, um, she actually went out, she was our uh, dialect coach, and she found elders, and so we're actually speaking the languages. So a lot of these children in the audience have probably never heard a native language spoken before, and we have four different languages spoken on the stage, and that's something that's important to me. That was a really interesting thing when I, when I read that. And I'm going to put you on the spot, maybe, okay. and ask you, because you probably memorize your lines, right? <laughs> it's not like you're working off a teleprompter here. Talk to me in some of those languages. I mean, even if it's just lines from the play. Yes. Okay. So um, I only do the Iowa tongue, and I don't guarantee I do it well. I try my best to do it well. Um, I think my favorite thing is I get to have a very important line that I won't tell you when it happens, but the line is Tawanton on Jereke, which means this is how it began. And I enjoy saying that. I enjoy that my character, the only female and also a native woman, gets to say this is how it began. Before you started the play here, how much did you know about Astoria. I knew nothing. I will be completely honest. I knew nothing about Astoria. And um, I knew a lot about Lewis and Clark because I did a play about Sacagawea uh, several years ago. I think it's, if, if you're a native actor, you're going to play Sacagawea. 
and probably Pocahontas at one time in your life. It's just have you ever happens. played Pocahontas? I have not, and I'm very grateful. <laughs> Sure, she was a lovely person, um, but you know, so Kajaway, I, I that's usually the parts I get to play. As I'm, I I guess I come across as very strong, and so I'm always playing like these strong women, these leaders, and that's a lot to live up to. It, but it also challenges me to be a better person to to be able to play them. So um, whenever this, whenever you know, Chris emailed me and told me about it and then sent me the script, I just remember being so fascinated, and of course. You know, I'm not surprised that we don't know about Marie Dorian because a lot of Native American history has been swept under the rug. But the fact that we don't know about John Jacob Astor and his two expeditions and everything that went awry and so many things went so wrong. <laughs> it, was, it was just mind boggling what history we know and what history we don't know. You know, it's it's because it was a failed expedition. We don't talk about it. But yet we can learn so much from it if we were to talk about it. And so then, of course, I started doing all the research that I could. Um, for the workshop, I purposely read the book only up until the play ended, so uh, where part one ends. I didn't want to know what happened because I didn't want that to color the rest of it. But then halfway through the workshop, it was killing me not to know, so I started doing more research. And so then I finished the book, even though I didn't want to, but I finished it because I, I couldn't put it down. And the stories are just so fascinating. And it's such a story about, you know, human resilience and overcoming obstacles and, you know, finding your better self, even in those worst cases. And they could have easily have given up and just stayed there and just died, but they kept going and they kept pursuing. And, and it's just so heartbreaking as to what happened to most of them, but it was all for, so this man could become rich. Wow. I've seen that happening in my lifetime yes. actually <laughs> it's pretty crazy well back to the only woman in the cast yes angle of this you mentioned that you know offstage your fellow cast members mm -hmm. have been lifting you up what about being the only female on stage during the entire production oh my goodness um it's been a lot of fun um I get to play Two female characters, I play Sarah Astor and of course Marie Dorian. Sarah Astor was married to John Jacob Astor and she actually was very powerful for her time. It was 1810, women technically didn't have rights, they were just chattel, but yet because she was from an affluent family and she married down, you know, her husband was not of the same class as she was, she was able to take control of the business to an extent. She actually had a say and you get to see that reflected and that's something most people don't think about when they think of white women in 1810. And so to be able to play that strong woman and then go to Marie Dorian, who is, um, she's, she's a survivalist. <laughs> I mean, she, she's amazing what this woman did. And then, um, my other favorite part, which doesn't have a name is I'm, I get to be a sailor. I get to be a male sailor. And that's so exciting for me as a woman, because usually I only get to play native roles or, other women so in order to you know the great thing is the guys get to play multiple characters so they allow me to get to play multiple multiple characters and so I get to be a sailor on the boat and that was a lot of fun um, and that was at first they had facial hair for me for the sailor but then the boys were getting distracted so we couldn't distract the boys it wasn't it was we scrapped it not because we thought the audience would be distracted it was just we knew the guys would they wouldn't be able to control themselves. Um, Laughing. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. They'd yeah. be on the floor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so 
And I think it's true of any time you do a theater piece because you have such a long time of rehearsing and then you actually get to do the show every day that you become like a makeshift family. So you have to build relationships super fast and then of course you have to maintain those re relationships because you're working with each other every day. But all of a sudden, you know, I have 15 brothers now. And that's how I would describe the relationship with my castmates is it's, it's, I know that they would take care of me if I needed it. I know that they're gonna pick on me. I know we're gonna tease each other, you know, but at the end of the day, it's all in fun and we, we have a great time. And you know you're in good hands. And that's one of the great things about you know, doing a play is that sense of play. We get to actually come out on stage and create this new world and share this perspective that most people have never thought about to an audience of, that's probably never even heard of this history. So it's always a win-win for me. You talked earlier about the students who were in the audience. Obviously there have been, I don't know how many performances at this point, varied audiences. Uh, from what I understand, the, the show has been mostly sold out mm -hmm. and very well reviewed, obviously. Can you give me a sense of, of what you get as an actress in this role? What do you get from the audience members who see it? Oh my goodness, what do I get from these audience members? I, I always joke, you know, um, there are 16 actors on the stage, but the audience is the 17th actor. Depending on your audience, it's going to it's going to color the way you do your scene, because you know we're we're living, breathing. It's not like a movie. You act. We're actually listening to the audience, and it's feeding what we do and how we react and what we're going to say next. And we can tell, you know, what lines will hit here, or like especially if you're working with the kids, um, with student groups. I always I have a scene with um, a botanist named Bradbury, and I talk about. Um, when the French came to my village and how the French are different from the English. And so for the students, I, you know, I really elevate some of those words because I want them to take those home. I want them to want to go home and research this and learn about it. You know, uh, for the adults, I have a scene once again with Bradbury where I talk about how it's lonely living between worlds because that's what Marie Dorian had to do. She had to live between the white world and the native world. And this was 1810, and here it is 2017, and I'm a Native woman, and I have to do the same thing, and it's very lonely. And so, I, you know, I want people to understand that level of empathy. Um, they may not know a Native person, but they know a person that's different than they are, and we need to start practicing that and realizing that it's, it's a difficult time to live between worlds right now. And so the one thing I get from the audience, I think, is that level of empathy that, they, they're, I can feel them with me, and it makes it safe for me to go to those vulnerable places. And that's, that's often hard as an actor. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we get to do what we get to do. Um, it's expected of us, but it can be very difficult. And so when you know your audience is listening to you, and they're right there with you, and they're feeling the same feelings that you're feeling, um, it makes it easier to go to those places. Anything else? Last question. Anything else about Astoria, about being a Native American woman, about uh, Donald Trump, I'm sorry, about yeah. the 45, 45. <laughs> Cheeto head, whatever we want to call him. Uh, anything else you can think of? Oh, that? my goodness. Um, okay, so if you want to see a, a play where you feel powerful at the end and you feel like you can overcome obstacles and no matter what this world throws at you, there's going to be a way out, hopefully, then this is the play for you. And I think it's so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's also, um, it's, you know, it fits what we're going through right now. And, you know, one of the things I always, 
stress to people is one of the words that Cherokee people use is Godugi. And um, you need Godugi in this time. Uh, Godugi is the coming together of a people to celebrate, support, and promote each other. And we need Godugi right now more than ever uh, with what the political climate, uh, with the attack on arts. We need people coming together to support the arts and also to support each other and to build each other up. And so, um, so come see Astoria Part 1 in the spirit of Godugi. How does one spell Godugi? G-A-D-U-G-I. Nice. Well, thank you thank very you. much. Oh. It was an <laughs> awesome interview. Thank okay. You, thank you.